Welcome to AM Best Audio. Every year, Swiss Re publishes Sonar, examining the most critical emerging risks the insurance industry faces. This year's report looks at 13 emerging risk themes and five trend spotlights. I'm John Weber for AM Best TV, and I'm speaking today to Christoph Nabholtz, Chief Research and Sustainability Officer and Head of Research, Engagement, and Sustainability at the Swiss Re Institute. Christoph was the driving force behind this year's report. Christoph, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure. So, Christoph, what emerging risks are the on the minds of risk experts and global leaders today? I think a lot has happened, and uh, particularly the geopolitical situation is, is still pending. Uh, we see that still developing. Uh, but, you know, it's a combination, and I think that's the amazing thing what is happening it's this perfect storm event where we have a pandemic we're coming out of this pandemic it's still continuing to a low level we have lockdowns in china for example we had supply chain issues uh, we're facing inflation and there's a potential of recession and so on so it's a lot of risk factors coming together and actually generating an accumulation of different risks and how they interplay with each other that makes it diff- that makes it so difficult and i think that's just part of it. Um, the other part is, of course, we still have to continue dealing with these long-term uh, sustainability risks as well, such as climate change, uh, sustainable energy now with the energy crisis coming out of that, recycling, resource efficiency gains, and they still need to be tackled, right? It's still on our plate, and we need to get through that. And then at the same time, we also have developments in digitization, and generative AI, for example, is is a is a big one that has accelerated quite a bit. It's machine uh, in learning and artificial intelligence that um, can also be hacked if not taken care. Um, and security plays a big um, big role in there. So just to protect also intellectual property and making sure that these AIs are really functioning well and are not manipulated. So these are the biggest risks that we're currently really facing, and it's this interplay that makes it so difficult. What economic and geopolitical threats does the opening up of previously frozen waterways in the Arctic pose? That's um, that's an interesting uh, question here. Uh, But particularly in the Arctic, we have a number of different risk drivers that come together. Uh, so climate change is just opening up the Arctic, right? So the ice is melting melting away. Uh, with that, new trade routes are coming open, are being opened. Um, oil and gas extraction is becoming more uh, easily available. Uh, you, mining, tourism, economic other economic activities can now be uh, put together, right? And, and I think that's what uh, is putting um, putting a lot of emphasis on kind of is this sustainable and uh, how are how is this going to be maintained? There are pollution effects that come from Arctic drilling, for example, like that, uh, that need to be really carefully looked into. It's this whole reputation that comes along with this, right? And that in a time of crisis when we have um, geolo- geopolitical issues with Russia in particular where negotiation with Russia as a partner, and uh, particularly in the Arctic, that's an important partner, uh, where cooperation is stalling, right? And I think this is almost a bit of a perfect storm, right? Everything is happening at the same time again. And I think that makes it such a vulnerable um, place. 
at this point in time. And yeah, we have to look into the risks that may come from this. Christoph, what are you seeing around technology-related risks like malicious attacks on AI systems and solar radiation management technology? Yeah, AI is a, is a big one, right? So this has accelerated over the last couple of years now. It's really everyone is, is on it, is using it, um, but at a lot of time it's also a black box, right? So when you have a black box, you also need to make sure that it's not hacked, it's not manipulated. And think about it, you know, if you can actually uh, try to actually uh, bring in uh, new data points into an AI system that has been also trained on uh, on other data sets and try to manipulate it. And take, for example, a let's take a sticker and you put it on a uh, on an ample, right, and and say like a stop sign or something, right? And the car drives by using AI, identifies now the stop sign and starts stopping, right? Even though this is actually not a stop. Um, and this can then be generating a, a malfunction or not a malfunction, but it's actually manipulating an outcome that you didn't want to have. So just think about these uh, smaller cases and then think about how you can manipulate actually other data sets, um, particularly in the insurance sector, for example, credit worthiness is, uh, is something that has been considered in the insurance industry as a, as a risk factor. And yes, you can manipulate that if you if you start faking some, some data in that set. Uh, so it's going down to actually protecting also the AI, uh, making sure that it doesn't make these um, default uh, wrong decisions, if you like. Yeah. Now on solar, solar radiation, that's a new, it's an exciting new topic, right? This is something where we try to, with solar radiation management, this is kind of a, a way of protecting us from the sun, from heating up the, um, the whole system. And uh, so you could almost think of an umbrella, putting an umbrella in the space, right, to make sure that we are not heating up as a system. Now, the counter effect, however, and you can do that in many different ways, right? You can also try to uh, try to do it in, in different setups, but what can happen is we can also have the extreme opposite outcomes. And you have seen that in the past with, with ashes, volcanic ashes, for example, and clouds being generated that were cooling down the system too much. So we could almost get the opposite extremes again, right? So um, now we're getting a lot of heat waves. We could also get a lot of cold waves, right? If we can't control it uh, in, in a certain way. And I think that's where we need to, again, make sure that we take the right steps, that this can be controlled, and that it's not doing the opposite and is generating then effects that we didn't want to want to have. And, and there you have to really look into what are the solutions that they bring in, into it. Some of it is uh, using chemicals, for example, that you can spray into the air that are reflective, for example, but there are other means of actually doing that. So and every... Uh, every um, an adoption, if you like, or every new system that you bring into place brings some risks with it. What concerns are so-called digital twins raising around privacy and cybersecurity, and what could that mean for systemic product liability and recall claims? Yeah, so digital twins, that's an, uh, it's, it's like a virtual replica of a physical object or a system. Huh? So that's what um, we try to do here. 
And frequently uh, what digital twins are, are here about is also you can anonymize a lot of the data, which is great, right? So you can actually take a data asset, anonymize it so that you can actually test it in, an, in a safe environment, which is great. Particularly with healthcare data, for example, that's quite uh, critical because you don't want to make sure that you want to make sure that the that the data underlying it, that the patient data, for example, is not being revealed, but the portfolio as such, you can actually replicate in a digital twin. Um, now, of course, uh, once you are doing and using the digital twin, you then run models on it, right? And that's the benefit of it. That's the great thing. So you can test new products, you can te um, test new designs, for example, and you can test them against risks, um, so like an earthquake risk, and then you can look at the uh, hospital, for example, to generate a digital twin and then expose that digital twin to uh, new shocks, right? And, and test that what the system actually can do and how you can prevent uh, some of the losses, for example, that may come from this. So on that side, I think digital twins have a lot to offer. This is great. But it's also important that they can't be hacked because, again, if you're hacked and then your uh, system, that your testing system is um, fraudulent because someone is manipulating it, yeah, you, you may run a risk there again. So I think on that front, that's quite key that, again, you're working in the right IT environment that is protected. And I think you have to have um, really careful measurements taken to make sure that uh, you're not running into any issues. What new and evolving health and environmental risks, such as mental health impacts from addictive online platforms or toxic chemicals, do you now see, and what impact could that have on businesses and insurers? Yeah, thanks a lot for that question. It's an, uh, it's an important one. So really, we identified this here as a uh, risk and anxiety and distraction risk from social media, for example. And and here, I mean, social media is really trying to maximize the engagement with the user and keep them online and engaged as long as possible, right? That's the outcome. The longer the, longer the engagement is, the, 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 more, the more attraction they get, right? So uh, the overuse, however, can, can lead to depression, anxiety, or sleep problems, for example, right? Um, and this may actually have an effect on long-term health outcomes uh, as the mental health issues, for example. Um, if you're in a life and health underwriting um, seat, you would be looking at uh, mental health problems, forecasting future mental health problems of a, of a uh, insured um, uh, applicant, for example, by looking at have there been other mental health conditions before, right? So once one's mental health condition applies, then you know the risk of getting another one is going to be enhanced, and and I think that's quite a, an important one to keep in mind. So that's one. But then there's also, of course, you can think of uh, distraction and the workplace environment, like um, for example, car accidents of chauffeur, right, who is driving around and is getting distracted, may actually run a risk here of uh, generating a car accident, or we have also general liability, professional indemnities, for example, or employer liability as well, or compensation as well, that could, could all be affected. Um, with the, so that's mental health. And I think mental health in particular here, that's, that's quite important to keep that um, also in linkage to what we have seen as coming out of now 
the COVID crisis, environmental health has been accelerated as well, particularly in the younger female com communities here. And I think these are vulnerable. They are more vulnerable through uh, now digital tools and so on. So there's this combined effect that you need to keep in mind as well. Now on the toxic chemicals, that's that's one that is it's not a new risk. It's something that is has always been there. We have seen it in the past, but it's becoming more and more uh, critical because we have new new technologies that allow us to identify right how they spread and how they accumulate in 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 also us as human human beings. Take for example microplastics. Microplastics has become a huge issue. And they start accumulating also in fish, for example, in livestock. And we are eating that, right? We are eating that microplastic and they will also um, leave some traces behind in us, right? In our organs in particular. And, um, but, you know, you still have to generate then a link to health outcomes. If this, and I think that's the difficult part of it, directly linking now these new accumulations of these new chemicals, for example, or microplastics to a, a risk outcome that is not yet uh, fully established. And I think that's that's the, um, the part that uh, needs to be watched for uh, carefully. Um, there is regulation around this as well, right? So REACH, for example, in Europe, that's a regulatory framework here. It is looking at these chemicals, for example, and how they are being used. Um, There's definitely something to watch out on how this comes comes about. But it's not just uh, uh, casualty, right? It's it's also life and health because it may actually enter into a situation where it generates health outcomes and maybe accelerates mortality uh, in the worst case. Um, that is not yet uh, fully established for many of these um, chemicals, but something to watch out for. And Christoph, got to ask, what opportunities do advances in medicine, which lead to longer lives and changing mortality expectations, create for insurers and reinsurers? That's an interesting one, right? So there's a lot of opportunities, of course. Um, I would say like life insurance um, by itself, the longer people live, the longer they pay premiums, the, the better it is, and uh, the, um, and I think that's an opportunity by itself. Uh, I, I think on the pension system, uh, however, that's the opposite, right? The longer people live, then of course you have to pay out for longer, right? And so, uh, so it's it's this balance you need to find. But yes, there are improvements that that we have seen in the past, uh, in in uh, the past decades in particular. But there has also been an observed disimprovement rate in the last ten years. So the mortality trend has come down. Mortality trend improvements have been higher in the past than they have been in the last 10 years. And now coming out of the COVID crisis, uh, the question is, what is the new mortality uh, improvement rates that we're going to see? Because we still see in a number of different markets that the mortality rates are slightly up. Uh, it's, it's definitely flattened down from what we have seen earlier in the COVID crisis. But still, there's uh, mortality, the uh, mortality improvement happening at this point in time when you compare yourself to a 2018, 2019 uh, benchmark. So what is ha having there the long-term effect? That's still a question mark. And what are the combinations that we're seeing? We talked about anxiety being maybe one, but uh, there are definitely other links to be made 
And and I think what we need to get right, and um, I think that's clearly becoming an issue, is the comorbidities, the neurodegenerative diseases, um, and the natural deterioration of age. As we as we get older, these become more prevalent, and we need to get them managed better, right? And I think that's an opportunity to also engage with your client base and try to get them into a healthier lifespan not just longer live longer lifespan but a longer healthy lifespan i think that's where we all would benefit the most if we can get that done what steps should business leaders take to mitigate these new and emerging risks and strengthen their global resilience um i think this Sonar report in particular, right? What we're trying to do here is actually to identify new emerging risks and then offer them for discussions, right? And uh, and offer them for a good interaction that you can have. And and I think that's the purpose here. It's not to predict that these events are going to come in effect, but the potential and the likelihood that uh, these come into effect are, is there, right? Um, and we need to act. And on certain things, we can actually act right in front, right? And we can do things and we can actually uh, help the system by mitigating and taking mitigation actions. Uh, in the cyberspace, for example, you just need to make sure that you're also getting the right cybersecurity in place and make sure that transparency is there, that you prepare yourself, right? And I think it's not just about insurance here, it's also about the, um, what we as individuals can contribute, but also insurance companies can contribute to a better risk management uh, of mitigating some of these risks that are that are lurking and are coming around. And I think this is, uh, we think this can be achieved by a first step, taking action on actually discussing these topics amongst ourselves, the, the risk managers, and make sure that we take them to get the right actions. Along those lines, Christoph, what role do insurers and reinsurers play in building societal resilience and increasing awareness about these risks? Um, well, it's insurers themselves. We all have internal emerging risk management identification processes in place, right? So SONAR is, is just an abstract of that. We do have our internal assessment process in place to make sure that we understand what the downside risks are. Uh, but we also identify opportunities, and I think that's also important, right? It's every risk for an insurance company may also be an opportunity. So you always have to look at both sides, right? You need to risk prevent, but you can also build a new business, right? On new risk pools that you may identify here. And I think that's quite important. Um, and then, of course, you need to look at uh, the maturity of the impact and the impact assessment as it's as these risks evolve over time. These are emerging risks. We're looking 10 years into the future, right? And then we need to make sure and uh, monitor and develop um, uh, schemes on how to deal with these risks over time. Uh, sometimes this may mean that we have to harvest more factual data. For many of these risks, we don't yet have the right data. We don't yet see how this penetrates in, into claims, right? And once we accumulate the claims, we need to make sure that we have the right um, data assets that we can actually build our model products on it and price for them. Only this way we can actually help society also deal with that risk and mitigate it. And insurance can be one of these mitigants. Christoph, so glad you could speak with us today.
Thanks a lot, John. It was a pleasure. That was Christoph Nabholtz, Chief Research and Sustainability Officer and Head of Research Engagement and Sustainability at the Swiss Re Institute. I'm John Weber for I Am Best TV. Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.